Since 2012, American Field has been the go-to resource for brands big and small to connect with consumers across the country. In 2020, we took to the airwaves, connecting you to makers and doers from wherever you're listening. I'm Lucas Fitz from Small Hand, inviting you to join me in learning the stories behind my favorite brands in the AF network, from the mouths of bright entrepreneurs from coast to coast. Welcome to AF Fireside. Hey there, welcome to AF Fireside. Uh, on today's episode, we are setting multiple records. This is the first time that I'm sharing a drink with our guest uh, while we speak. It's also the earliest that I think I've ever had a glass of wine in my entire life. <laughs> it's 11.05 in the morning here in uh, in New England. I'm joined by Kevin, who is a power player over at Hedaglog, a great brand that we discovered at our Brooklyn marketplace this past fall. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Yeah, excited. So, <clears throat> yeah, and Love good day to have a glass of wine. We had a little snow today, so I hope you had a little yeah. winter weather. So it's perfect timing with the head of warm a, up a little wine. And we're just going to call it a snow day. That sounds there great. There you go. <laughs> I've got no snow here, but I'm going to. I'm in your zone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we so, got a couple inches so okay all right well that's pretty good Kevin yeah. what's your can you tell us a little bit about your your role and what day-to-day looks like with Hedda yeah Hedda? um I am one of um there's three owners of Hedda I'm one of them uh, the other one being my brother and my wife oh, cool. uh, we we started the business probably back in 2012 2013 with okay. some other family members helping um the way we really got into Hedda was actually uh the recipe was an old family recipe in my wife's family um, she grew up drinking this, going to, you know, her friend, her, her relatives in Staten Island. And mm-hmm. when her grandmother was getting sick and couldn't travel, she wanted to keep the tradition alive for the family. And we took the recipe over and we started making it. So we made it for a few years before we had a little too much drink on Christmas and thought it'd be a great idea to, you know, bring this product to the mass public. And that's, that's pretty goes. much where we, yeah. <laughs> So, so all good things come out of drunken Christmases, I guess, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I, you're the first person I've ever heard really say that so confidently. <laughs> I think it, I think it goes uh, situation to situation, but it sounds like you've got something something good here. Uh, I didn't realize it was all in the family, too. That's pretty cool. Yep. Um, it's, you know, the, the recipe is a couple generations back from, you know, coming from Norway, came over. Um, uh, my wife's got great memories of, you know, even when she wasn't of age, drinking it and having a little sip, just, cool. you know, just to have a tie in with everybody else. And actually got a little bit here now. So oh, there we go. There we go. I got mine in a coffee mug. I did not, you, right. you probably have all the glassware that you possibly need. <laughs> we Tuesday, definitely, great to have you on the cast. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. But mm. that is just this great winter warmer. Um, yeah. Get a little sweetness up front. You get this great fresh fruit and spice in the middle and what i really like about the product is at the end that brandy kicks in and just mm-hmm. kind of dries out the palate uh when you're cold to warm a little bit of this up no matter what time of day it is it is instant warmth and that's what we would yeah. say absolutely mm. when you said when you said brandy now i think uh, i'll share my my anecdote of brandy my grandma drinks costco brandy apricot brandy that's like her mm-hmm. before bed thing okay and like, no nobody is really about it <laughs> <laughs> but um is this costco brand but i m- remember being younger i was probably out of high school my brother was in high school and we were at my grandma's house he said do you want me to make you a, a drink and i said sure just very innocently and he poured it's a red solo cup half full of brandy and half full of root beer <laughs> i took a drink <laughs> out of it. so that's like that's like the one alcohol that i'm like ooh, but this might be changing I, thought, I, I mean i just shared before we hit record that i crushed a bottle of this earlier in the week so 
<laughs> it so, can be crushed easily. Extremely <laughs> crushable. It's, it, yes. yeah, it's not written on the bottle, but it is extremely <laughs> crushable. Um, can you talk a little bit more about kind of the heritage of, of the product uh, for folks that, that aren't familiar? I know. Yeah, I mean, Glug is just from- a, absolutely. Uh, Glug is just actually a term for mulled wine and mulled wines have been around since, you know, since they started making wine. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically when mulled wine started is when they first started making wine, they would make a bad batch of wine and, Back in the 10th century, they never got rid of it because it was intoxicating. So they decided to enhance it. So they would actually put spices in it and cloves and put it on ships and let the mulling, the rocking of the ship, mull the spices into the wine to make it more drinkable. And then Mm. they would have their mulled wine. So they were taking bad wine, trying to make it better. We're doing the opposite. We're taking a very good wine and enhancing it even more and making it even better. So Very cool. And that's probably uh, 100% less sea shanties than where it originated <laughs> from. <laughs> yeah. And basically all cultures outside the United States have a version of a mulled wine. Uh, the Germans have the blue wine. Um, there's, you know, uh, Bahama Mama from the Jamin- uh, Dominican Republic and Jamaica. Um, so basically all cultures have a version of it, except the Americans. We just kind of latched on to everybody else's. But this yeah. is a great product from coming, a recipe coming from Norway that just is very warm and cozy. And Absolutely. the reason we ran with it, um, there was really nothing like this on the market. Uh, when we did our due diligence to see what, you know, competitors that might be, we didn't really see anybody that was competing with this, you know, we were almost making our own category. Um, mm-hmm. When we first tar- started to pitch it to liquor stores, they were like, well, where do we put you? You know, we're like, oh, I'm all over the uh, your store, sure. of course, yeah. you know, <laughs> I yeah. want to be in the local, I want to be in the port, I want to be in the dessert wine, but we really, they didn't really have a category for us and they still really mm-hmm. don't, you know, I guess technically we're a, a fortified wine. Sure. So what strategies do you use to help educate customers? Um, a lot of tastings. <laughs> we yeah, do like do, doing tastings and we do very well at tastings. Um, and this is a product that needs to have a little education to it because people, totally. I almost call it like the green eggs and hand sy- syndrome. Um, okay. I'll be at a festival or a tasting. People see hot red wine, walk by it a couple times, but then they'll see this little buzz that we got going on. They'll be like, all right, I'll mm-hmm. try it. You know, they'll, after they walked around past our booth three times, not trying sure. it, they give it a try. Like, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's that yeah. instant click of, oh, this is what it is. Totally. You know? And the other thing too, our product doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. Um, mm. And a lot of people that make mold wines at home will add raw sugar. So sometimes mold wines will get a bad rap because uh, they'll put okay. way too much sugar in it and it becomes syrupy and the homemade version, it might be good for a glass or two, but it's not something that you can sip on for an hour or two, you know, totally. that's what head is. You know, you can actually sip on this, you know, for on a cold night all night and just yeah. feel warm and toasty. Start in the morning and never stop. Yeah, there you go. 11 o'clock. <laughs> I love it. So uh, looking at, at you and, and your founding partners, where where did you come from or, or what were your backgrounds and did they play into the fact that you were going to start uh, an alcohol alcohol centric centric company not that's a, really that's a challenge <laughs> it is a challenge um, when we did um, decide to give this a go. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother was in the construction business. My wife's a teacher. I was a teacher. Wow. Um, my father-in-law was in communications and, you know, we just basically, we all had different skill sets. Mm-hmm. So coming from different backgrounds, I think that helped because, you know, I, I you know, where my brother was very tactical and, um, 
My father-in-law was very, you know, business, like everything down to the penny business, business, business. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my wife and I were just gung-ho workers. So we all had different skill sets that seemed to gel and we just basically launched it. Uh, We did everything ourselves. Uh, We did get a little help with the branding and the marketing. Uh, Mm -hmm. We hired a small little company um, that really took us under the wing a little bit and helped us take our concept to the next level. And we really like our branding and stuff like that. Yeah. Branding is, is super, super tight. I didn't want to make a point to say that. Um, well, and, and you, you said that you and your wife were, were teachers. I think there's a very unique skill set that comes with, uh, that's a different kind of communications, you know, understanding how to communicate something in a way that's that's retained and meaningful to people. And when you have a product, like you said, you know, you, you got to get, you got to get the product in people's mouths to try it. Mm-hmm. Um and, and having that understanding and knowing how to communicate that to different audiences, that's a, that's a valuable skill set as well. Oh, absolutely. And that's the education part. You know, we knew yeah. how to teach basically. And that's what totally. we were doing at tastings when we were, you know, connecting with people and, you know, just sharing our product with them. Yeah. Very, very cool. So do you have any advice for folks that might be listening? You know, I, I picture the the demographic. I, I have some friends that like, you know, always talk about wanting to start a brewery. Or right. right. Yeah. They want to, they want to do their own project. That's kind of in, in this world. Do you have any advice for those people that might be dreaming of starting something? Yeah. Um, expect the highs, expect the lows. Uh, you're going to get both. Um, <laughs> you can't, but you can't dwell on the lows. You just got to keep moving. Um, the other thing is time. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing how much time it actually takes. I guess the old joke is like, Hey, I never wanted to work a nine to five. So I started my own company and I, now I work 24 <laughs> seven. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, expect that you got to put you and your heart and soul into it. Um, there's a lot of time and effort, you know, if something happens, it's up to you. You're not, you know, you got to go take care of it. And it's just part of the business. It's, and the liquor business itself is very extremely cutthroat. Uh, yeah. The bigger guys are out there. They have established, you know, the big brands are established. They have shelf space. Um, they can hold contracts over distributors heads to make sure they have certain amount of products sold. I mean, I don't have that kind of revenue to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to pull my product sure. unless you sure. sell 40,000 bottles this month. You yeah. Know? You're not I'm a blog mob yet. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. <laughs> one day, one day. Yeah, sure. We'll shoot for it. <laughs> yeah. But the liquor industry is definitely a, interesting business um every state is a little bit different to learning the laws uh, totally yeah i mean that's I mean, just it's just a different totally different game than just being an entrepreneur or just owning a small business not to say that that's a small feat in itself right and that's that's like a pretty incredible thing to do anyway but then when you throw in all the legalities and loopholes i, I just know from dealing with uh from having alcohol sponsors at american field events and doing them in different cities in different states oh, i could see that it's never the same you know it's absolutely yep. there's, every solution is different and every re- regulation is different so to have to i assume you have to know a lot of those regulations and know the way that you can do things like the back of your hand absolutely and it's funny a lot of the states have liquor laws we always joke about it um that are basically from prohibition you know yeah. they haven't changed it's kind of like what i mean it's so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's amazing how many things have changed. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I get, you know, nobody's really pushed to have it changed, but it's like finally certain states are opening up and being a little bit more, you know, allowing us to ship. I mean, I think COVID helped with that too. Totally. Um, you know, and that's kind of where our strategy shifted to with COVID. Uh, we went online. We mm-hmm. now ship to 13 different states. I mean, huh? it, it's something that we states. had to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, again, but it's a lot of different laws and they all want tax money at different times. And it just, 
getting through all that and, you know, submitting our brand and submitting our package or labeling and getting label approval from every state. So it's a lot of learning experience, but it's good. It's, it's a fun learning experience. Totally. So what does, what does the day-to-day look like for you and your team these days, given the, the point in your growth that you are? Um, it's basically comes down to sales now, um, and production sales and production and just keeping ahead of, um, now that we can do some festivals again, getting on more festivals. Uh, we really do like the offbeat festivals, not just the wine shows. We kind of like the sheep and wool, the field and supply, the American field and stuff like that stuff that brings in a lot of Valley stuff, all that good Hudson Valley stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we do well at those and it, now it's just keeping up with tastings and, you know, we'll, we'll be really busy up until like mid March, April, then it kind of slows down for a couple months, but then we gear right back up in, yeah. you know, beginning of August. So. Very cool. Do you find your uh, products in a lot of restaurants? Um, we have a few restaurants that have it. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple like beer gardens and different like uh, outdoor venues that might, you know, be serving it just to, you know, tie in the really just to expend their, area you know if you can get people to sit outside and have a glass of Hedda instead of taking up bar seats why not you know on a 50 degree day so yeah especially with with these times I feel like that's a um, it seems like such a match I I spent a weekend in Hudson not long ago and spent most of the day deciding what restaurant I was going to get dinner at as there's just so much good food out Mm -hmm. there Um, and I feel like a a bottle or or a glass of Hedda would go so well, but that it, there is that educational component where mm. you want to make sure that that product is represented right it's accurately, not, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so that you have that you know you, you gain a customer there. Absolutely, so I would imagine that that side would be pretty curated. Yeah, no, about, a couple. Okay, okay. Up, go on. No, no, you go. I was, ahead. I was just going to say a couple of restaurants do um, mix with it. They do it as like oh, okay. a, they'll make some cocktails with it. Um, cool. Probably one of my favorite cocktails that we have going that. Um, I helped create was actually the Rhinecliff, we call it, because we started actually in Rhinecliff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically a take on the Manhattan and old fashioned. Instead of cool. using vermouth, which has been around just it's sweet wine, you substitute the vermouth for your Manhattan with head up. And it makes okay. a really great. nice. We're going to try you know, that. Great <laughs> uh, <laughs> cocktail that's a little different, a little unique, a little bit more um, newer, but it's a nice little spin on an old classic. Very, very cool. Do you uh, consider yourself or do your partners consider themselves foodies? Mm, we like food. Yeah, <laughs> we like right. to drink. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so we, uh, we're going to say yes minus the pretension that goes with that then. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. we, won't, we won't advertise, but we are always looking for a good meal and okay. you know, definitely a good cocktail, absolutely. Totally. Do you have a recommendation for like what you love to pair drink with in terms of food? With Hedda? Yeah, Hedda, um, I think Hedda goes great with like a pungent cheese, like a, for like an appetizer, mm, okay. gorgonzola, blue cheese. And then, of course, it's a great nightcap with the desserts and anything sweet, you know, Absolutely. ginger snap cookie, crumcatas, um, any like a little bit over pound cake. Um, one of my favorite, too, is um, summertime, you grill a peach, scoop of ice cream, mm-hmm. a little bit of Hedda dr- drizzled on top. You can't go wrong. Mm, yeah, that sounds delicious. Wow. All right hungry. <laughs> so what, what have you learned about yourself as your time as an entrepreneur? That's like a, a very sharp turn in terms of career from, were you teaching in a public school? Uh, private school. Okay, it was uh, cool. children with autism. So, it was oh, okay. so. so then, yeah, definitely a, a very sharp turn from, from what you're doing beforehand. What, how has your life changed and, and what have you learned about yourself? 
Um, I kind of set my own schedule, which is nice. Um, you know, I get to book my own events and stuff like that. And it is nice to have that little extra, you know, freedom. And it yes. gives me a little bit more family time as well, especially now if I need to like make sure that I want to be at my son's, you know, whatever I can totally put it in my schedule and not worry about taking a day off of work or anything like mm -hmm. that. So I do like that aspect of, um, being a entrepreneur, I should say. Yeah. So. But other than that, it's still a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. You put a lot of time into this and, you know, it's, but it's all worth it when you, totally. when you get, when you get to meet some people that really love the product and have done a lot with it and have come back to and see you because they knew you were going to be there. It just puts a little bit more fuel in that fire and it makes you want to go further and further. So, yeah, totally. Do you um, have any visions for the future that, that you want to share in terms of where you see how to go going as yeah, I mean, we would love to. We would love to be in all fifty states. Um, as I said, we since COVID, we had to close our tasting room, which was just starting to take off too. Uh, and we shipped, and we turned our tasting room into our shipping room, and just went to shipping. So we are working on getting more states every year, and just really expanding. Um, this is a social product. Heta is one of those yeah. products that should be shared. Um, that's why kind of we chose a heavier bottle because we want to be, it should be poured with a heavier hand so you can mm -hmm. share it with more people. So sure. we just want that, you know, this, our family tradition to be everyone's family tradition, you know, have a cup of Heta at the end of the night on a cold night or when people are coming over and you want to give them something warm and inviting as they walk in the door, you know, it's that nice inviting drink. So we just want to totally. get that across to people and hopefully we can. I'll say you guys, you guys found me at just the, just the right time. We, I, I just moved into a new house. Uh, okay. I have a bunch of friends in the neighborhood now and it's a nice, nice cold time of year. So, so we'll definitely be, be serving some up uh, as we have folks over in the next couple of weeks as, as winter goes on. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's that drink that you can get outside with. I mean, that's one thing yeah. that we always um, talk about too, joking about like the Europeans, you know, they've kind of embraced winter. They sit yeah. at the, outside on the cafes, but they're drinking hot red wine or a glass mm -hmm. of glog or whatever it is um, because they're embracing winter. They're enjoying it and they're not going to be that cold because they're drinking hot wine. Um, totally. Here in America, we kind of hide in our houses when we get cold, but Hey, this is the time of the year. You pop open a bottle of Hedda, you, when you see your neighbor done shoveling and you heat some up and you walk out and have a 10 minute conversation with them, you know? Yeah. And yeah. You know, and this is like perfect for the, the outdoor winter fire, little fire. Absolutely. Pit. Oh, fire that pits. Is, absolutely. Yeah. Ice fishing, snowmobiling, skiing, <laughs> anything yeah. winter. I mean, snowshoeing. I mean, I've been told that guys have brought it snowmobiling and at the end they just open their uh, hood up, put the bottle of head on the manifold, let it heat up and then they got to, <laughs> Oh, cool. <laughs> I love it. What is, um, what's your furthest area that you distribute to or that you ship to? We actually just got into California. Wow. So, Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, not a lot of snowmobiles there, but not a lot of snowmobiles, a lot but of there's wine still drinkers. a lot of wine drinkers, you know, Lake Tahoe's out there, yeah. um, a lot of different ski areas. So and it's a big state and, you know, we get traction and we get, we do a lot of festivals and people, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm from California. You just ship, you ship, you ship. And we're like, not yet. Not yet. Just be yeah. patient. So it just took some time and we finally got into California. So that's the furthest we ship out West. Very cool. I will uh, look forward to seeing as, as time progresses your mark on the, like the ski industry out in the West. Oh yeah. Like hopefully that's like a huge suit seems uh, very, very like-minded there. It'd be a great mm -hmm. fit for you. And 
you would be a great fit for them as well. <laughs> Very cool. Well, anything, anything coming up in the new year that you're excited for that you can share with us? Uh, I think we're really just excited to get to more tastings or uh, more yeah. uh, festivals. Now th- um, things are kind of opening up again. Um, people are doing more festivals again. The festivals that were canceled in the last two years are starting to happen again. And mm-hmm. we're excited to get out there and just get our product to, in people's hands again and, you know, share our love of it. And hopefully they love it the same. It's not better than that, huh? <laughs> and that's every day. That's That's perfect. What a cool life, man. Awesome. Well, where's the best place for folks to stay in touch with the brand and learn more uh, about everything that you're doing? Probably just our website, uh, hedaglog.com. Um, that's got our shipping page too. So it's not like we're sending you to a third party. You're actually buying it from us, not like wine.com or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, very cool. Um, it tells you we've broken it down. So if somebody lives in, you know, um, Syracuse, it basically they can log onto Syracuse and show the nearest store where they can get it. And we're always cool. adding stores and stuff like that. So it's a good tool for the consumer to know where to get the product, know where we're shipping, know what we're doing, kind of just, you know, stay in touch. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hopefully next time uh, we're in Brooklyn for another event in the future, we'll have you down pouring hot wine with us again, summer, winter, spring, fall, whatever time of the year. Absolutely. We definitely want you there. And perhaps I'll find you in the Hudson Valley soon as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate your time today. I appreciate it. Skull. Stay warm. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm Lucas Fitz, and this is AF Fireside. To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening.